Good evening, everyone. I hope you're here, first and foremost, to hear God's word being preached and to worship his name. Um, before we get into our text today, um, I would like to ask that we stand for the reading of God's word, and then I'll pray for us to, um, so we, uh, this time is blessed by God. So please stand. We'll read 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 16. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? Also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, I stand before you, Lord, as an unworthy sinner and deserving of your grace. Lord God, I thank you that you have still blessed us, Lord. You still bless us, Lord, though we so often wander, Lord, so often stray from your grace. But Lord, we thank you that you always are faithful to return us to yourself, Lord. We thank you for this. We thank you for this time we have, Lord God. And I stand here woefully unfit for the task at hand, Lord, to preach your word, Lord God. But I ask, O oh Spirit, that you would faithfully speak through me the truth that would glorify you and feed your sheep. Lord God, we, we are totally dependent on your grace, and we ask that for this time we have right now. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The reason why I asked to do that is because the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, he instructs him to not to neglect the public reading of the Word of God when we come together for worship. And so I wanted to do that in fulfillment of God's Word. It's not just the Word that needs to be sung, the Word that needs to be prayed, the Word that needs to be preached, but we also need to hear the Word being read before us as well because that has its own benefits to our souls and God commands that for our services here. And so... Our passage is 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 16. And the main point here for this whole passage, to try to summarize it in one sentence, is we can only know and accept spiritual truth as if God the Holy Spirit reveals it to us since we naturally reject it and can't understand it. And so there's a few points I wanted to make as we go along. But I wanted to remind us of the context of last time Victor was preaching and he said, um, he was preaching on the passage from verses 6 through 9, and he preached how the main problem in, first, in this Corinthian church was, was pride. We could see that from the beginning of this, of this book where he, where he reveals how, how there was this division because there was this pride of, of trying to associate with some famous uh, preachers and trying to make themselves seem better than others. But he said that this is not the wisdom of Christ. This is not the wisdom um, that he gives us. 
He says the wisdom that Christians experience is through sanctification. Those who overcome envy and strife, these things that, that are part of pride. We, why we want to build ourselves above others because we are usually envious, want what they want. We try to put ourselves above them. But, and so here Paul is writing these things in that light as a tool to humble to humble them and to reveal, uh, reveal where their place actually is, in a sense, to put them in their place. And he says about the wisdom of Christ, these, these great truths, the mystery, the hidden wisdom that uh, the previous passage says that was decreed before the ages for our glory, these truths about Christ. In verse 10, he says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. And so this first point we can see is that is that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. We see that, that, that this truth, this mystery about Christ that was revealed in his life, death, resurrection, revealed through, uh, in this time, is revealed through the Holy Spirit. The reason why we know, the reason why we believe the truth is because is the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to, do, for, to, to believe. There are many passages we can look at this. Um, if we want to go back to Ezekiel 36, I love this passage a lot. If you go to Ezekiel 36, this is a passage where God promises this new covenant, promises what, what is fulfilled in the New Testament. And if we read Ezekiel 36... He says in, in verse 25, Ezekiel 36, 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your heart of flesh, and, and, and give, remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He first, he changes our hearts so we then desire to obey him. If we go just a little further from our passage in 1 Corinthians to Ephesians chapter 3, we'll see a few, few more verses that, that, that affirm this same truth. Paul writes in Ephesians 3 from verses 1 to 5, I'll read, he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insights into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. There's this revelation that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit to see the truths of Christ, to see what he has done through Christ, his life, death, and resurrection. This comes by the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And this is the thing, one of the things Jesus said that he will do. If we go back to John chapter 14, if we read verses uh, from John 14, we read, read verses 15 through 17, Jesus says of the Spirit these things um, with a little context. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So we see here this proclamation that God will send the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. He is the one who reveals the truth. And if we go just two chapters later in John 16, we'll see Another, it's another passage about the Holy Spirit where Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for I will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Well, the fact, well, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said to you that I will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here we have the spirit of truth using the word, which Jesus describes as, as the truth in, in, in the next chapter after this, in verse chapter 17. And he uses this word of truth to speak to our hearts, to reveal truth to us. And we can see that just in, our, in the first time we believe, but also as we continue in our lives, we see that that the Holy Spirit uses this faithful proclamation of the word of God, the gospel, to change hearts so that people see the truth and believe in Jesus Christ. That is why it is so important to faithfully preach the word of God and not to mix things, right? Not to muddy the water. But we see that in our passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that he says that these things are revealed by the Holy Spirit, but he continues on. And he says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. We see that, I was thinking as I read this about myself, how often, how, how I search for something, how often I misplace things, and how I, you know, we're limited to only looking to one place at a time, right? Either rummaging through our closets, our shelves, our drawers, usually it's, you know, when we're late for something, that's when I find it. Like, you, you really have to find something that you can't, uh, you know, that you can't find. And oftentimes, you know, I don't end up finding what I'm looking for anyways. But uh, sometimes when, you know, there's been multiple times as you're looking through this, you, it seems like you've looked through everywhere and you're like, I've looked everywhere, but, but where is it? I can't find it. Like, wh- where is this place? Where, where is the thing I'm looking for? And you have to just start looking all over again. But if you, but I was... Seeing this passage, it says, The Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And I was thinking about it, that like this isn't the case with the Spirit, right? The Spirit, it says, He searches all things, even the depths of God. The Holy Spirit can search everything. His gaze pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and the deep places of the world and the universe. If that's not impressive enough, Paul says that the Spirit searches even the depths of God. I don't know about you guys, but as believers, I think we all want to know and search the depths of God. But we see here that, there, that the, the Spirit is the one who can search and see all the depths of God. And in verse 11, we see that there's only one way that is possible for, for the Spirit to be able to do so. He says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We only really know ourselves, right? 
And often, like, we, we, we don't know the things that go on in the head of, of someone, right? So we can be sitting there, right, talking with someone, but we don't know what goes on in their head, right? We don't know all these things that happen. And to be honest, sometimes I, I, I barely know what goes on in my head. Like, <laughs> I think of myself, like, well, what, like, what were you thinking? How did you ever get there? Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> and, and thinking about that is, like, we see that, that it is even rarer for how can someone know this, the inner workings of a person, another human being. But we see here that it says that the, spirit, that the reason the Spirit comprehends everything, the thoughts of God, the deep things of God, is because the Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Spirit is God. Just like no other human, right, can know the thoughts, the inner workings of another human. The only person who can know God is God. Just like only we can know our own thoughts. That's how intimate of a knowledge the Spirit has of God. It can only be God. And yet we see this distinction here. We see a distinction between God and the Spirit here. It says God has revealed this to us through the Spirit. We see a distinction and yet we see that the only way you can know God in this way is if you are God. Because of the analogy he brings up, right? Only a person can really know themselves. The only way God can truly know himself is if, right, this is God. This is God, the Spirit. But see, we, the, spirit, the, the scriptures are, are pointing us here to a truth we all hopefully hold to. That is the doctrine of the Trinity. The, the, here, God and Spirit are being distinguished. They're distinguished, and yet they're both being called God. You combine these two together with another truth of the Bible, right? That there is only one God. You get the truth of the Trinity. This conclusion isn't new to us, right? Because we are you know, Baptist. Baptists are Trinitarian. But the reason why I wanted to point this out here and make a bit of an emphasis here is because there are people who claim to be Christians who do not believe this. They don't believe this. A lot of them say that Holy Spirit is a force, just, you know, like any other force of nature in a sense. Some say that God is just one person revealing himself in different ways through history, you know. Kind of if you think back to ancient history, how they would do plays. They would have actors who would play different roles, but they, they had masks on sticks, right? They'd put them up to their face, they'd play one role, then they switch the mask, and, and that's how they say how God is. He used to, he revealed himself one way this way, and in, in the incarnation, he revealed himself as Jesus, and now he's revealed himself the Holy Spirit. And, and you see just one being, one person, revealing himself in different ways when the scriptures don't point to this truth. The scriptures say otherwise. The foundation truth is that there is only one God, Yahweh. But if you look at the scriptures, the scriptures distinguish between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That the Father is Yahweh. It's pretty clear. No one really argues that. The Son is Yahweh. We saw last time, last passage, how Victor was talking about how it, it talks about Jesus Christ as being the Lord of glory. A title only applied to Yahweh, God, in the Old Testament. He is Yahweh, and the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God, of Yahweh. He is the one who searches the depths of God, who knows God, who is God. Here we have an attestation to the biblical truth of, of the Trinity. But we see here that for the first two things we have seen, Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth. The reason he can do this is the Holy Spirit knows all truth because he is God. Holy Spirit is God. God himself reveals truth to us. But we see in verse 12, he continues on. Paul writes, Now we have not received, we, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Paul kind of, in a sense, reveal, uh, repeats himself. He says that the Holy Spirit reveals God to us, that God reveals God. <laughs> I'm spinning, uh, kind of misplacing my words, but God reveals himself to us through himself. God uses God. He reveals himself to us. God speaks through the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us. Right? The world can't reveal God to us. He says we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. The world can't reveal God to us. The world doesn't know God. And let alone, it says here that, that, that we received who is spirit from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. God freely makes himself known to us. He does, he, he, he's not someone you can just, you, you know, you give money to, 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 to reveal himself. He's not, right, like a medium, a fortune teller. He, he, is, he freely gives knowledge of himself to, to whoever he wishes. He makes us understand the gospel. This is a very important truth to understand. God reveals himself, and he has revealed himself. We have this word that the Holy Spirit inspired, which reveals him to us. But not only does he do this with the Spirit, he, not only does the Spirit inspire the word that we have here, he also personally reveals himself to us when we have this word preached to us. It is consistent, right? The Holy Spirit ins inspires the authors to write this text. He uses this text and touches our hearts and makes us believe. This is what the Holy Spirit does. I heard a good analogy about this from, um, from one of the reformers. He said that, that the word of God supplies the spectacles or the, the glasses we say now, supplies the glasses through which the Holy Spirit brings things into focus. Right? Because many people can read the Bible. Many people read it, read portions of it, and there's no change, no effect. Not, what makes the difference then? It is because the Holy Spirit has done a work in that person. We can look back to the passage in, um, in Ezekiel 36. We think back to that passage, right, where God says that he will put his new spirit with, within us to cause us to follow his commands. But the passage right after that is another passage where, where, where God, in a sense, shows this to Ezekiel through a vision. He takes him, he puts him on a high place, so he looks in this valley, and all he sees is just myriads, thousands of dry bones. There's just dead bones. It's a valley of dry bones. And then, he sa then God says, speak, prophesy to these bones. He first asks them, can these bones live? He says, God, only you know, right? God, is, God only can do this. So he, he, he tells Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. And then they start assembling themselves together. The bones start putting themselves together. Then he says, prophesy to them again. And we see that, 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 that God starts putting tissues on them. He puts muscles back. He puts skin back together. But then they're just still lifeless bodies. Put together, but lifeless bodies. And then he says, prophesy again to them. And God breathes his spirit into them, making them alive. This is the picture of what happens when Christ makes us believe, he takes this dead, dead person. He assembles them back together, right? He breathes his spirit into us, causes us to be alive. This is a power that belongs only to the spirit. We cannot make ourselves alive, right? We can't do anything to, to do this. As people who are dead in our sin and trespasses, we don't have that effect. 
We don't have, right, this divine tool to decipher this, this God's word until the Holy Spirit take root, takes root in our hearts, changes our hearts, is within us, who then moves us to see the beauty of the word of God. So the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals this to us. God reveals himself to us to understand these things that God has done. But we see he moves on in verse 13, talking about, I believe he's talking about himself, the apostles first and foremost, but ultimately any proclaimer of the word. He says, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. I believe talk, Paul is talking ultimately about himself and the apostles, but the application is, can be applied to us, those who proclaim the word of God. We don't proclaim something that came from man. Not ultimately. This is not ultimately from man. We, the gospel is not a human invention. It precedes this. In the previous passage Victor preached on, he says that this, is, this gospel, this work about Christ and what he has done, is something that has been decreed before the ages began for our glory. This is, the Bible is not human wisdom. It is something revealed and taught by the Holy Spirit of God. Those who proclaim God's word interpret these spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, who have the spirit. But we see the world doesn't have this truth. It doesn't have this. The spirit does not have, the world does not have ultimate truth. Right? We can see that most clearly in our culture, how, how some th things that were just, 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 every, just commonly accepted 10 years ago now are thought as um, hateful, right? Things that, that ultimately um, that don't stand, right? Things that have been now excluded from, from the public sphere as being anything you can ever hold to. But in terms of Right, this gender thing, right? They, they, dismissing a truth that has stood since the beginning of creation. Now in the last few years, it's, it's as if it's in, that, that the way they speak about this, the way they dismiss this God-given clear truth of all, through all of history as unspeakable, that you are not worthy of even being mentioned if you, bring a, if you say that this is true, that there is man and woman that God has created. They have no truth, but the Holy Spirit, God himself, is the one who has truth, and he's the one who reveals it, and it's consistent, and it's the truth that is imparted, not by, it's not taught by human wisdom. You look at the world, they run from everything that is in this book. They don't want this, right? They don't want these truths. But this is something that is taught by the Spirit, and Holy Spirit uses people, right, who, who, in spirit, who in, interpret spiritual truths, make them clear, explain them to, to God's people. Some translations have a different ending to verse 13. Some say interpreting spiritual truths in spiritual language, comparing spiritual things with spiritual or combining spiritual thoughts, spiritual words, something along that lines. But I believe that the ESV has it right here in sp interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual because of, it makes more sense here, um, and 
and I believe I forgot the grammatical reasons for why that is the case, for why this is uh, for why this is the the rendering we should use. But here, Paul is saying that this is spiritual truth taught by God. He uses people to teach this, to proclaim this truth to those who are his people. This is one of the primary means the Holy Spirit uses to reveal his word to believers, right? We all know Romans 10, right? That how can someone hear, right? Hear the word of God. They're, if they don't have someone who preaches to them this word, Holy Spirit uses people, right? For our initial belief when we first see the glory of Christ. But then also as we keep growing in Ephesians 4, Paul writes how, how there's given preachers and teachers to build up the church, to equip it. This is how he uses people, people through whom which he speaks to, to, to impart these truths to us that, that are the truths of God, that stand the test of time, that are not of this world, but that will remain when this, the people in this world that are having their moment who think they can overwrite everything, rewrite history, rewrite truth, when they're dead, long and gone, this truth will still stand. But we see verse 14 Paul continues on, he makes another point to us, right? He says that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. And this is made clear through, through all the scriptures, right? David writes that, he, that, that God looks upon the children of men to see if there is any righteous, any who seek after God. And he says, no, there's not one of them. All of them have gone astray. That, that we by nature, right, in, in, in our Bible study groups, you go through Ephesians 2, we just went through the beginning of Ephesians 2 where it says, right, that we followed the course of this world, listening to our father, the devil, fulfilling the lusts of our flesh. That is what we follow. We don't want God. We ultimately don't want God. In our sinful natural states, we don't want anything to do with God. We just reject him. We don't want this truth. We don't want the spirit. We want to follow the spirit that is in the world. We want to follow our father, the devil. We reject his truth because it's nonsense to us. And we've seen that earlier, 1 Corinthians, as we walk through. He says that the preaching of the gospel is a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. It makes no sense to the world. It makes no sense to religious people. We can't understand these spiritual truths um, that the Spirit reveals to believers, right? Because we need to have the Spirit. But in verse 13, we see, because in verse 13, he says, we impart words not taught by human wisdom. He says in verse 12, we have not received the Spirit of the world. Spirit comes from God. We need something else in our natural state. Otherwise, we go against God. We reject him. We don't follow him. We, we need to have the Holy Spirit to be able to discern what is true what is spiritually true, the, the truths of the gospel. If we go to Romans chapter 5, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 8, and we read verses 5 through 8, Paul makes another similar statement to us here that makes it pretty abundantly clear. He says in Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 
Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We are hopeless in our sinful state. We can't come to the knowledge of God in and of our own. We see that we are hostile towards God, as he says. We don't want God. We're hostile toward him. We don't have even the power to submit to his law, says here. We don't have that, even that power. And it's the Holy Spirit work of revealing the truth to us that changes this sad reality. Right? Because he says in verse 14 at the end, the only way you can understand these spiritual truths that come from God is they're spiritually discerned. They're, the only way you can understand them is if you are in this in this. In this passage, he uses the word spiritual person to describe someone who, right, who has the spirit of God, a believer. He says that you need, they're spiritually discerned. They're discerned by the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not have the power in our sinful states to be able to do that. This is, is so important to see that, how the spirit works in our lives to change our hearts. And we'll get into why that's important a little later. But verse 15 in verse 15, we see Paul gets into, into this verse. He says that the spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. Here, if you just take this verse on its face value, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the context, but you need to see what, like, what is Paul is getting at here. Um, the reason why he says the spiritual person judges all things is because just before he says the natural person, he can't discern the spiritual things. He can't discern that. He doesn't make those judgments. He doesn't know what that is. But here he says a spiritual person does judge all things, right? They have the spirit. They can discern spiritual truths. But not only that, the Holy Spirit gives us the word which tells us, right, how, uh, how we can uh, decipher between what is worldly wisdom and what is truth. We can judge all things to see what is the spiritual truth. And he says, but he is himself to be judged by no one. These, those, who those who can't judge between spiritual and human wisdom, right, who can't see the spiritual truths of God, have no business judging and, and instructing the spiritual man, the one who has the spirit of God, whose ultimate guide, right, is spirit and the word and those who are God's people. For as we see that in verse 16, God, God, God does use people to do this. He says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, right? And our, our, and our initial response is no one. He says, but we have the mind of Christ, right? We initially, can't, we don't know all the depths of God like the Holy Spirit is as we've seen in the beginning, but the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, right? He conforms us to the image of Christ. He gives us a mind of Christ so that we can instruct others, so we can, right, judge in that sense what is spiritual truth and impact one another, and that is Paul, what Paul is doing in this passage and what he goes on to do in chapter 3, where he continues to go on to do in, to, to the Corinthian, Corinthian church through this letter. He speaks the spiritual truths to instruct others, to teach them what the Spirit has revealed in his word. And, and we see that this, the, the, the way we can have the mind of Christ, the way we have... Um, the spirit of God within us, all this wasn't just happened magically, right? There was a cost that came to this. 
the reason why we have this, the reason why we can have the Holy Spirit of God to know the difference between this human wisdom that is just gonna pass away, this human wisdom that does not stand before God, this truth that is not according to God, the reason why we can have the Spirit who tells us what is the truth, reveals to us the word, is because Christ has come into the world and he has lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, right? He bore our sins. He, through that, he gives us his righteousness and he rose on the third day and he resurrected. And he didn't do this and just stop there. Christ prophesied that, that, that he will send the Holy Spirit. And as he was raising up, as he was speaking to the apostles and his resurrection, he said to receive that Holy Spirit, which came in Pentecost on that day. The Holy Spirit, which indwelt them, which brought to fruition this covenant, this promises that God promised of this Holy Spirit who will live inside us, who will change our hearts, change our minds to love God. Christ bought this ability for, for the Holy Spirit to go in and change our hearts and our minds through his own life, death, and resurrection. Because he bought us, because he forgave us, he sends the Holy Spirit to then apply that work to us. The Holy Spirit applies the work of Christ on the cross to us and saves us because Christ has paid that debt. Christ has done what, what we could not do. He has paid and suffered the wrath of God so that those for whom he died, he, he that can live eternal life and never perish. Christ bought us these things so that we can see the truth. We can know God. We can know the depths of the word of God. We can see God in a way the world doesn't. So we can go from our life of hating God to loving God. And there are a few applications of this passage I would like to bring to our attention. Point number one I want to say is that we, we aren't given any credit when it comes to what we know about God, the gospel, his word. So don't ever try to take that credit. Here, all credit is given the Holy Spirit. The reason why we know anything, right, is because of the Holy Spirit. It's pride, it's sinful, right, to try to attribute knowing something about, about the true God, about knowing the gospel, understanding these things to ourselves, to any power in ourselves, right? Because we see the context. Paul is writing to the Corinthians who, who were, who were, right, they were, they were the ones who were trying to, right, make them seem better, this pride that, oh, I follow this person, right, Cephas and this and this. There was this pride in their hearts trying to make themselves seem better by some, and we can never do that because the Holy, this passage doesn't give us any credit to give to ourselves for why we know anything about the word, about God. Paul shows them that they are no better than anyone else. The reason why you may know something, the reason why you may know some more is because God has given you to know more. This is not something you have worked up in yourself. You weren't somehow more spiritually stronger than someone else to even at the beginning see the truths and the beauties of the gospel. We must see we are no better because we wouldn't know anything if the Holy Spirit didn't work in us. He first changed our hearts. He came within to dwell us and made us understand. And we get no credit for that from the Spirit. We, what we see is we respond to God once he has done that. We respond. That's why it's important to understand this work of the Holy Spirit. That, that it is that work which determines whether we understand the gospel or not. 
that leaves out all room for boasting, all room for pride, any room to try to make ourselves look better, like, oh, those people in the world, psh, I, I, I understood this better. No, it is, it is because Christ has done, lived, died, and resurrected to then, so that he could send his spirit to apply that work to us. Point number two, the truth about the Holy Spirit impacts our perception and methods of evangelism. The reason why is that we see that we can't ultimately do anything to sway anyone, right? The ultimate reason why a person, right, believes, knows the truth, is revealed the truth, is because the Holy Spirit does a work in their hearts. We, and, it's, and it's presumptuous to say that we could do that. We don't have the power to, right, make ourselves believe like this, like we talked about before, but we don't have the power to make anyone else believe. That power belongs only to the Holy Spirit. And if we understand that, we don't need to, to, to think that we need to somehow raise up these things that, oh, if we can only just do this, then, then we'll believe. We don't need to go to certain, these extreme methods. Right? Some people, we go, um, there's this term, right? This seeker sensitive, how people try to appeal to unbelievers to try to make them, right? To entertain them, to do other things, right? Appeal to unbelievers, to, to, to drag them in so that they might possibly believe. To try to, and it's in a sense like this bait and switch, like, oh, we dangle this in front of you so that then they'll believe this. But we don't have to do that because though we see the Holy Spirit's method in this passage, he uses the word, he uses those who proclaim the word to change hearts. It is, it is that simple. We don't need to go to extremes. He uses the word faithfully preached. We don't need to try to contrive things, contrive methods, right? There's, there's churches that, take that, that have companies do statistics in their neighborhoods for what people want to see from churches, and then they try to apply that. And it's like, we, the Holy Spirit said how, how, how he makes people believe. He draws them through the preaching of the gospel, we, he, through the preaching of the word. He changes the hearts. We don't need these other methods, we, we have what God has given us. And to try to use other messages is to say we don't think the, pre, the faithful preaching of the word of God is enough. And that is, that is a sad place to be in because then that will lead us to a degrading of the word of God if we don't think his word is enough to change the hearts of people. We won't value his word as the, as the powerful word it is. And the last point, point number three, as believers with the Holy Spirit, let us use these gospel truths that we that the spirit has revealed to us who has made us made known to us to encourage and instruct each other daily so that we have the mind of Christ and we could live like Christ you know we've heard multiple testimonies here just tonight right of of how we often as christians we go through dark periods you know to think otherwise is not is not true we are we're not exempt from low points we're not in, in, exempt from walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We're not exempt from that. We go through those times. We often fall. We often go through tough times spiritually. We often wander from God, prone to wander, as the hymn, Come Thou Fount, says, prone to wander, prone to leave the God I love. And we need to be drawn, from Christ, drawn to Christ. We, need, we desperately need reminders of, the, of God's word because we are forgetful creatures. We need to be reminded. And this can happen through his people, right? Obviously, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, but this can happen through us, through believers. 
speaking to each other, these truths that the gospel has revealed to us. And so let us serve one another, right, by sharing the spiritual wisdom we received from the Holy Spirit, from God himself, and that he has revealed to us in his word. Let us use that to encourage our hearts lest we go through these periods of time long, you know, longer than we need to. We go through them, but God's people, working, God working through his people, right? We can, he can encourage us, bolster us, strengthen us on the word of God. Amen. Let us rise and let us pray.